welcome to XX Maya the podcast. I'm your host, Maya Fiorella, and today we're jumping straight into the 111. If you're new here, the 111 is my podcast segment where I run you through one obsession, one inspiration, and one motivation for the week ahead. However, today's a little different because I am lacking all inspiration and all motivation. So I have three obsessions for you. And my first one is arguably the best. I am staring at it right now and it is an iced dirty chai. I love coffee. I'm a coffee girl. I'm an espresso girl. But something about a dirty chai just like hits so different and I've been so obsessed with making dirty chais. So let me run you through how I make mine. First, I grab a cup, fill it up with some ice, Then I pour in Trader Joe's Chai Concentrate. This is just the easiest chai concentrate for me to find. I'm sure there's better ones, but I love the Trader Joe's one. Then I use my Nespresso machine, but whatever works, works, to make a single shot of espresso. I pour that over the chai and the ice, and then in a separate cup, because I'm extra, I froth some oat milk and cinnamon. Now, sometimes I will add in a dash of creamer if I want to make it sweeter, but honestly, chai is kind of sweet, so usually just the oat milk and the cinnamon. Then I pour the froth over the chai and the espresso, and there you have my iced dirty chai. It's honestly so simple, and I am obsessed with it. One day I'll be back on my matcha grind. I was there for about a week. But yeah, no, back to coffee, back to espressos, back to dirty chais. (laughs) My second obsession of the week is the Anthropology Volcano Candle. This candle smells like absolute heaven. Every single person needs one. It's an investment candle. It's definitely pricey, but it smells so good. I have had this volcano candle since Christmas and I've only lit it one time because it's expensive and I'm stingy sometimes when it comes to lighting my nicer candles. But anyway, I've had this candle for months now and it still smells so good. It sits on my nightstand and I can smell it as I'm falling asleep at night. It is just perfect. I mean, if I'm not wearing my breathe therapy tabs, I talked about those last week. They're little aromatherapy sticky tabs that you can place on your chest. They're incredible. But also, the Anthropology Volcano Candle, just as incredible. It also makes the perfect gift. I have gifted candles to people for as long as I've been buying gifts for people, and this is such a great one. This isn't sponsored, by the way. I kind of wish it was. Anthropology, if you're listening, please sponsor me. I would love to sponsor the Volcano Candle. Anyway, this is a perfect gift. Ooh, especially for Mother's Day. I feel like that's such a great idea for a Mother's Day gift. Okay, moving on. My final obsession of the week is athleisure. I never want to get dressed in regular clothes again. (laughs) I want to die wearing leggings and a sports bra because it is so comfortable. I'm currently in my set active set with a little crew neck over and I'm just so comfy. I look so cute, like I'm not trying. I just love all of the athleisure vibes. Some of my favorite brands to buy athleisure from is Set Active, obviously. Aloe Yoga, although I will say they're hit and miss for me sometimes. I've definitely purchased things from there that are not my favorite, but usually pretty good quality. I think it's the sizing that's sometimes a little off for me. 
Anyway, I also love Aritzia. Their TNA brand has the cutest, most simple basics that are perfect for that athleisure vibe. Randomly, Brandy Melville also has a couple cute things. They're not my favorite brand to shop for, but every now and then, they have some cute stuff. Now, usually we start with life updates. It feels wrong doing that backwards, but let's get into some life updates. First of all, I need to update you on my April read. If you've been following me for a while, you know reading is something that I am actively trying to work on. It is not, it does not come naturally to me. I don't like the act of sitting down and reading. I wish I was a reading girl, but I'm just not. I'm trying to be, so each month of this year I have dedicated to reading one book. Now, in April, I decided to read The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene. This book is always on Sophia Kelly's Instagram. That is who inspired me to read this book. However, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. It's just, it's such a slow read for me, and because I don't already love reading, it's just really hard to get myself to read the book. I'm actually about halfway done with it but I don't know if I'm going to finish. And let me tell you why. Not only is it a slow read, but I think it's because throughout this book, it essentially tells you the type of seducer that you are. And then it gives you a breakdown of how to use that skill to your advantage and blah, 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 blah. Once I figured out which one I am, which by the way is the coquette, if you're wondering, (laughs) once I figured that out, I only wanted to read stuff about the coquette. Like, I didn't care about reading about the siren or any of the other ones because I was like, well, that's not me. (laughs) So yeah, it's just been all right. I actually think I'm going to start a different book before I finish this one because honestly, it is just so long and I don't really care about it that much anymore. Sorry, Robert Greene, but yeah. My only other life update is that I basically live at Equinox. I'm about to test out of the intermediate system of the Pilates training program with Equinox, which is so exciting, but I am in the Pilates studio almost every single day training, and honestly, it is tough, but I love it so much, and I cannot wait to actually teach clients and work there and Movement is something that helps me so, so much when it comes to lessening anxiety. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But yeah, movement is so helpful for me when it comes to anxiety. Although this morning, speaking of anxiety, that's obviously what today's episode is about. And I was inspired to talk about this. Well, for a lot of different reasons, actually. One being I'm going through a lot of anxiety right now. This past week, particularly, I have woken up almost every single day with an overwhelming amount of anxiety. I struggle a lot with morning anxiety, and it's been really hard. Today, actually, I had plans to go on a hike with some friends, and about an hour before, I canceled because I just, I I couldn't. If you have anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. I was just really going through it this morning, and 
As much as I would love to get on this microphone and tell you I pushed through and I went and I was social and I had so much fun and it was so great and I don't even know why I have anxiety, that is bullshit. I completely canceled and yeah, that's the reality of it. Now, I definitely feel guilty. I feel weak. I also feel a little bit shaky still. Anxiety is a very physical thing for me, so I'm still feeling all of that, but it is what inspired me to actually sit down and talk about it on the microphone today. Here's a funny story for you. The first episode of this podcast back in July, August of 2021 was going to be an episode all about anxiety. I was launching my podcast and I was thinking about topics that I wanted to cover and obviously Mental health is extremely important to me. I have struggled with it for a very long time and it's something that I take really seriously in my life and I really wanted to launch this podcast and have the first episode be all about anxiety. So I did. I recorded this whole hour-long episode about anxiety and it never got posted. Guess why? Yeah, it's because I had anxiety about posting it. Honestly, I've sat down and tried to record an episode about anxiety multiple times since then, and I don't know why, but it just never works out. I'm never happy with it when I'm listening back to the recording. I never find it to be helpful. I think it's because I don't have all the answers. I really like providing y'all, like my friends, with helpful information or inspiration or motivation or education or whatever but when it comes to anxiety like your girl is struggling I have no freaking idea I mean I'm gonna share with you in a little bit my experience with anxiety and I did write down five things that I have learned from anxiety but ultimately like I do not have the answer to anxiety and I think that's why I have had so much anxiety about recording this episode But since I am physically going through it so much today, I really think that now is the time and I just need to put my big girl pants on and record the episode and it's going to be, it's going to be hopefully helpful to someone. I do want to give the disclaimer that obviously I am not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I am nothing, I'm literally nothing, I am a content creator and a podcaster and (laughs) a Pilates instructor in training, that's all I am, so take everything with a grain of salt, these are my experiences and what have helped me, I will be answering your questions, I put up a question box on my Instagram at xxmayafiorella if you're interested and you want to be a part of the next one. I think it would be helpful to give you a quick brief of my struggles with mental health. So to give you the rundown, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder in 2014 or 2015, somewhere around there. I was in high school, although I actually do not think that I can remember a time in my life where I didn't struggle with anxiety. Little Maya was a ball of anxiety. I definitely still struggle with it, but oh my god, when I was younger, it was way more intense. Obviously, I've gone to therapy and really been working on it in the last couple years, but 
Yeah, before 2013, I was a literal ball of anxiety. And for me, anxiety is very different for every single person that struggles with it, as is everything in health or wellness or whatever. That's something that I try to communicate on my social media platforms very openly is that what works for me may not work for you how i deal with anxiety and how anxiety manifests within me is probably different than for you so for me anxiety is an extremely physical thing i have heart palpitations shakiness numbness i get really hot and then really cold and then hot again and then cold again I feel really lightheaded and that also leads into slash is exasperated by my diagnoses with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. If you have no idea what that is, listen to episode five, I believe, about my health journey to give you a super short piece of it. It is basically an autoimmune disorder and It was not only caused by severe stress and anxiety, but it also has really similar symptoms. So a lot of times if I'm having anxiety, it will lead into my POTS symptoms. Anyway, anxiety is a very physical thing for me. And then it is also mentally paralyzing. I think this morning is a great example of that. I woke up around 6.30 a.m. knowing I had a hike at 10 a.m. I tried to set myself up for success by waking up, not going on my phone, doing my morning routine, etc. And as I was ice rolling my face, which is one of the first steps in my morning routine, I couldn't stop thinking about this hike. I was having intrusive thoughts about literally anything and everything that could possibly go wrong. I was unfamiliar with the hiking trail. I didn't know where I was going to park my car. I couldn't remember if I had gas in my car. I didn't know what I would talk about with my friends if the conversation started to lag. I didn't know some of the girls that were going. I was unsure if I should bring a water bottle and have to hold it or if I should just be thirsty throughout the whole hike. I didn't know if I should wear biker shorts because what if the grass in the hike was tall and then it would irritate my legs. I literally could not shut my brain off from thinking all of these different thoughts and after rice after ice rolling i figured it would be a great time to journal so i did a five minute morning mind dump essentially i set a timer on my phone for five minutes and just write whatever comes to mind obviously everything i was writing down was stressing me out even more and this is when all of those physical elements of anxiety really started to kick in I became literally paralyzed to the point where I could not move off of my living room chair. All I wanted to do was lay down and cry. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, I'm laughing through this because that is a coping mechanism. Like, this is just... I don't know. I'm feeling vulnerable right now, okay? It's very hard for me to talk about this. And I think this is why this episode has taken me so long to record. But yeah, I was in the worst of the worst anxious mindsets. And like I said earlier, as much as I want to say that I pushed through, the reality is that I did not. I canceled and instead I took a bath and a walk and now we're here. I think the first time I ever felt 
anxiety was when my elementary school teacher taught us the term popcorn reading and yeah completely horrible i have felt anxiety for so long in my life i really can't even remember a time where i didn't feel anxiety from day to day However, it definitely heightened when I moved from New Orleans to California when I was 13. I think a part of this was the fact that I was 13. My hormones were everywhere, puberty, middle school, and then moving across the country, not knowing anyone outside of my mom, stepdad, and my stepbrother. It it was a mess, but from this point of my life until about college, I would say was probably the worst anxiety I have ever felt. At the same time, I was struggling with depression, and I'm actually not going to discuss that in depth today, but there definitely is overlap there in my mental health struggles, and I'm just going to save that for another time because I don't want this episode to be a million years long. I would say that Those years of my life really challenged me socially, and my anxiety was at a 10 out of 10 all-time high. I was ditching class because I didn't want to think about finding someone to sit with at lunch. Wait, I don't think you understand. I literally would have rather gotten in trouble with not only the school, but also my parents then actually just find someone to sit with at lunch. Like, I sound so pathetic, but that was truly how bad my social anxiety was at this point in my life. I was also doing a lot of drugs and alcohol to try to make the anxiety go away, which, by the way, had quite the opposite effect, and I strongly discourage this behavior, but that was my life in middle school and high school, And I did try therapy from 8th grade until my freshman year of high school, and it didn't work at all. And I know what you're thinking, Maya, you love therapy, you always talk about how much you love therapy, and how much it's helped you. Yes, yes, I agree, but not at this point in my life, and that's because I didn't want help yet. Now, when I wanted to go to therapy and I had an open mind going into therapy, it completely changed my life, but we'll get to that later. Now, I vividly remember the first day of college. I had so much fucking anxiety and I was so nervous for my 8 a.m. class, but I told myself that I really wanted this to be different than high school and middle school. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to meet new people. I wanted to experience college in the way that Margot Lee's vlogs made college seem. (laughs) I was literally the biggest Margot Lee stan. Honestly, I still am the biggest Margot Lee stan. I love her and her college vlogs honestly really made me realize how much I didn't want to struggle with social anxiety. Anyway, I think from that point on is when my anxiety became manageable. Do I still struggle and miss out on things because of my anxiety? A hundred fucking percent. But am I functioning with it? Yes. I think having mental health problems for a really long time, well, it sucks to be frank, but there's also beauty in it because you kind of expect it and just hear me out. I know this sounds really weird, but the thing is, for so long, I tried to pretend like I didn't have anxiety and I was completely fine. But the second I actually realized that I had a problem, 
That's when I could begin learning how to cope with it. My current therapist always tells me that the goal isn't to get rid of anxiety because for most people, it's never going to go away. Like, it's never just not going to be an issue. Mental health is so much more complex than that. Will there be years that I don't struggle as much? Probably. Will there be days where I feel no anxiety? Absolutely. But it's always still kind of going to be there. And for me, thinking about just coping with it from day to day was a lot more helpful than trying to imagine a world where I never struggled with anxiety ever again. And now, because I've adopted that mindset, I can plan accordingly. For example, y'all know I love my examples, I will literally never, ever, ever plan more than two to three social gatherings in a week. And let me tell you, two to three is even like pushing it. I aim for one social gathering a week and having that many social gatherings is just not going to be a part of my usual weekly schedule because I know that after that first social interaction, I'm going to be completely drained. I'm also very intuitive and I know when I'm pushing myself in terms of my anxiety and I'm completely okay. Wait, hold on. I just had another thought. Actually, this past week, I accidentally scheduled three different dinners in one week, which was a lot. I actually, thank God I had therapy that week. But anyway, I was really stressing about the fact that I had to go to three different dinners because that is just, that's a lot of social for me. And that's a lot of anxiety for me. And now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if my last dinner was on Saturday night and I ditched going to my hike on Tuesday. I wonder if that had anything to do with each other because honestly, y'all, like I was so excited about this hike until I woke up this morning. So anyway, I don't like to schedule a lot of social activity in the same week because I know that it's going to drain me and I know that it's going to cause me anxiety. So why would I do that? I'm also okay with like giving into that now. I don't let anxiety run my life. I absolutely still try to go out in public and meet new people, but I do it in a way that I feel like I have control over and in a way that I feel like I have the energy for. And my point is that living with anxiety has taught me a lot. Well, five things in particular (laughs) that I want to share with you. Number one, no one is paying as much attention to you as you are. Let's flash back to that first day of college. I spent so much of my time that morning before my first class ever picking out my outfit, doing my hair, making sure my bag matched, etc, etc. Now this is definitely one of my symptoms of anxiety, overthinking like a lot. I decided to go back to therapy a few months after starting college and one of the things my therapist and I really delved into was overthinking. She asked me what other people in my classes wore to school and then she asked if I remembered seeing anyone walk awkwardly and she was essentially asking me these things to see if I noticed all the little things I get so anxious about on myself seeing if I noticed that about other people. Clearly, I did not. No one really pays that much attention to other people. And that's basically the main idea here is that you're the only person who really pays that much attention to yourself. Like truthfully, 
no one is that concerned about me. Like, who am I to even think that random people in college or on the streets of LA would pay any attention to me? This might seem obvious for some people, but it literally took me so long to understand that no one is paying that much attention to me, and it's really helped me be okay with going out in public and not caring as much about the really small things that usually would have caused me a complete anxious breakdown. Also, very quickly, if you struggle with social anxiety, one of the activities that my therapist recommended that I try to incorporate into my weekly life is going into public places but not talking to anyone this really really scared me i remember like my first couple months of college because a lot of people would go study in the library or just eat lunch at the on-campus cafes and that was just absolutely a big fat no for me but then i realized that just going out in social situations does not necessarily mean that I actually have to interact with anyone and that was kind of life-changing so I really wanted to add that really quickly because it was a great activity that led to me being able to interact with people if I wanted to if I was in the mindset to so I encourage you to do that if you also struggle with social anxiety the second thing that anxiety taught me is that anxiety is actually better slash more manageable than regret. I hate to say it because so many great people in the world say that you should never regret anything in life because look at where you are now and part of me kind of gets that but the other part of me really fucking regrets all the opportunities that I missed out on because of my anxiety. I mean, look at today. I had the opportunity to go on a beautiful hike, see parts of LA that I've never seen before, meet new people, and instead I stayed home, cried, took a bath, and went on a walk. I think there are so many other examples that I could give you. Honestly, there are so many things that I've missed out on because of my anxiety, but I'm going to leave it at that. Having anxiety is so paralyzing and it's that state of mind that feels nearly impossible to pull yourself out of. However, the times that I have successfully pushed through my anxiety and done the thing, whatever the thing is that was giving me severe anxiety, I've always felt so much better after. I honestly really do regret not going this morning. I was excited about it, but I also forgive myself because I'm kind to myself like that, but I will continue to use this experience as a way to motivate myself into pushing through next time because, again, anxiety is a lot more manageable than regret. This third lesson anxiety has taught me is extremely personal. I am unsure if a lot of people will or can relate to this one, but it is probably the number one thing that helps me when I'm anxious, and that is how extremely powerful movement is. Moving is quite literally the most important thing to me when it comes to lessening my anxiety. I don't care if that means pacing around my apartment for five minutes or going to a Pilates class that's 55 minutes. Moving my body always 
100% of the time helps me. And again, I'm hesitant to say this because I just know that that is not the case for everyone. But if you've never tried movement as an anxiety medicine, I highly recommend. And that also brings up a point that I haven't discussed and that is my experience with anxiety medication. I did try antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds for I think about a year, maybe a little less than a year, but honestly nothing stuck and it just didn't work for me. I absolutely think medication is an answer for some people and more power to them. Honestly, sometimes I wish a little pill just made everything better, (laughs) but that was just not my experience. Movement, however, is like my medicine. Possibly because anxiety is so physical for me, something about moving my body just makes me feel peace and tranquil and it gets a lot of those intrusive thoughts out because when I work out I'm focused more on my body than I am on my mind it's also why even though I said sometimes I go on a walk I actually went on a walk this morning I went on a walk but I listened to a podcast because walking And just being with your own thoughts actually really doesn't help me when I'm having anxiety. I like to get out of my head when I'm having anxiety. So distracting myself is very helpful for me. For other people, that might not be the same. But for me, that's what I like to do. I really like to do a guided workout when I'm having a lot of anxiety. Because then I'm focused on the instructor and not as much on my anxious thoughts. (laughs) Also, because anxiety is very paralyzing i've used that word a lot today to describe it the opposite of paralysis is like movement right (laughs) so yes all around movement is incredibly powerful to me the fourth lesson anxiety has taught me is that there is not a cookie cutter way to manage it I can sit here and tell you about movement and about how a routine and living a healthy lifestyle has helped me cure my anxiety. While it has helped a lot, I still have anxiety and I am still to this day finding new ways to cope with it and manage it. I think the most important thing is to just try. You have to be open to therapy if you've never tried it before. Be open to movement if you've never tried it as a way to cope with anxiety. Be open to trying new things because you will obviously never know what works until you try. I also want to remind you that I tried therapy for almost a year and it didn't help me at all. I think there was two reasons why. Number one, I was basically forced into therapy. It was not my idea and I did not want to be there at all. And that was extremely obvious to me and my therapist. Number two, I fucking hated my therapist. I mean, no offense, she's probably a nice girl, but I hated her in the role of being my therapist. I thought she was annoying, rude, unrelatable, Honestly, she had an adverse effect on my mental health. However, just two years later, I wanted to try therapy again, and I found the exact opposite. I found a therapist who understands me, gives me tangible, concrete ways to help make my life easier. She makes me laugh. She is just amazing, and I am so grateful for that, but it took me a while to find 
that in a therapist. And I actually feel like that's pretty common. It does take a couple of tries to find the right therapist for you. So don't be discouraged or think that just because you tried therapy at one point in your life and it didn't work that it will never work. If you leave this episode with anything, I hope it's the idea that everyone will cope in different ways. You just have to be open to trying. The last thing anxiety has taught me is that you have to put yourself first. Now, this is one that is very hard for me, and I think that's because I am a true empath. I recognize emotions in others, and I take them as mine without often even thinking about it. I can be extremely sensitive to energy and not to get too like woo-woo, but I can be walking around the streets of downtown LA and just feel what other strangers walking past me feel. And actually on that note, if you're an empath and you also struggle with this, my therapist taught me the bubble method. I don't think that's like a real name. That's just what we call it. And essentially it's the idea that when I walk around town, I am in a bubble literally, and nothing can come into my bubble because that will pop it. Visualizing myself inside a bubble sounds so fucking stupid, but it has helped me visualize this feeling of being separate from other people's emotions, which has been extremely helpful for me. People who have high empathy levels often have a hard time putting themselves first because we think of why everyone else in the world should come first over us. And this is why I say I'm working on this one because it really is still so difficult for me to separate my empathy from my need to prioritize myself. And when I'm struggling with anxiety, it's sometimes really hard to put myself first or even think that I'm worthy of putting myself first. Circling all the way back to the now infamous hike that I did not attend. I felt unworthy of going because my anxious mind was telling me that. I felt weak and I felt guilty when I canceled because my anxious mind was telling me that. My true self and the self that I try very hard to prioritize would have told me the importance of going on the hike and how much better I would have felt once I got there and how I would have been so proud of myself after going. On the flip side, because I love some dual energy, you should listen to that episode if you haven't already. It is literally my favorite solo episode to date. Anyway, even though I did cancel, I'm still putting myself first by drawing myself a warm bath and going on a walk because that is what post-anxiety breakdown Maya needs. Now, I actually really need a quick break. From talking <laughs> and I need a new drink because my ice dirty chai is no more so I will be back in a moment to answer your questions. All right she is back with a glass of water with a little bit of lemon in it and I just need to say that y'all really pulled through with the questions. I think this is the most responses I have ever received from a question box ever so clearly we're all struggling with anxiety. Again, like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, what works for me may not work for you, blah, 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 blah. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just going to answer these questions to the best of my ability. And hopefully, if nothing else, you feel less alone. 
These are also going to be kept anonymous. A lot of these questions are asking how to deal with it, how to handle it, really that. So to that, I will reply, keep trying new things. For me, the three best ways that I have learned how to handle my anxiety are moving, getting out of my head, and going to therapy. Someone asked, do you take any supplements? And if so, have you seen a difference? I don't take any medication. In terms of supplements, I really only take an iron supplement because I am anemic and I used to be really on my vitamin B12. I'm not as much anymore. I definitely think I should go back to vitamin B12. But anyway, no, I don't really take a supplement to deal with my anxiety. However, I do use CBD quite often, also THC, something that I don't talk about often on my channel, honestly, because it's not legal in everywhere, <laughs> and so I never know how people will react to it, but yes, I do use CBD almost every single night. I take a CBD gummy, which by the way, if you don't know the difference, CBD does not get you high. THC does get you high. So anyway, I do take CBD gummies quite often or CBD tinctures, which are is like a liquid that you put under your tongue and then you swallow it. I do that often. I also dabble in THC every now and then, usually in edible form. So yeah, those definitely help me out a lot. I'm also 22 years old and it's legal for me. So anyway... <laughs> Someone asked what to do when your hands are shaking too much due to anxiety. I 100% relate to this one. I literally become a ball of shaking when I am really anxious. The best thing for me is to move my body. I know I sound like a broken record at this point. If you're in a place where you can't physically start doing some Pilates, I would say do something with your hands. Play with a pencil or... Okay, I do this really weird thing. I literally run my fingernail across the seam of any shirt or sweatshirt or pants or any seam that I can find on clothes. I run my fingernails through it, which sounds really weird, but it helps me do something with my hands. I also play with my hair a lot. It's actually really bad for my hair. I damage my hair by playing with it so much because I like twist it and whatever, but that does help me do something with my hands when I'm having a lot of anxiety. Oh, this question is so wholesome. What are things that other people can do to help you with anxiety? I think for my loved ones who don't necessarily have anxiety or don't struggle in the same ways that I struggle with anxiety, it really makes me feel loved and seen and understood when they're just willing to listen. I know for my boyfriend, we both struggle with anxiety, but in very, very different ways. And it's been really important in our relationship to just communicate with each other what makes us anxious and how we like to be helped. For example, when I'm having a lot of anxiety, I really want to talk about it. I'm a talker, it's why I have a podcast. But my boyfriend on the other side, absolutely does not want to talk to me when he's going through anxiety. He kind of wants to figure it out on his own and then 
talk to me later once he's already dealt with it. So I think it's important if you have someone in your life that struggles with anxiety to just ask them, like, what would you want me to do? How can I support you? Because everyone's going to have a different answer. How to say no. Girl, I literally have no idea. This is definitely something that I am still working on. I am absolutely a yes man. I say yes to everything. I pile things on my plate when I know I shouldn't. And yeah, it's honestly hard. I feel like I don't have the best answer for this aside from prioritizing and setting boundaries. I think it's easier for me to say no when I know that it's not a priority in my life. So for example, if I'm going through a point in time where I feel like I have a great group of friends and I'm not really interested in making super deep connections, I might not be as willing to say yes to going out to drinks with someone I don't know because it's just not a priority for me at that point in my life. And then also setting boundaries with people that are in my life. I think having adult friendships is honestly really awesome because you can set boundaries a lot easier. When you're in school and you're kind of forced to see people every day, it can be really hard to set boundaries But once you're an adult and you're out of college, it kind of takes a lot of energy to make plans with people. So it's easier to set boundaries and figure out what you can handle. But aside from that, I'm so sorry. I cannot help. Someone asked, do you ever get anxiety after eating out, like getting food poisoning? So... I actually have never struggled with this, so unfortunately I don't think that I can really help because I don't relate to this, but I would definitely consider talking to a professional about this. How to not let anxiety turn into procrastination, which turns into stress and failure. Oh my god, that pipeline is so fucking real for me. I think, for me at least, Anxiety turning into procrastination is always because of perfectionism, whether I realize that or not. I procrastinate doing things because I'm overwhelmed by it and I want it to turn out so perfect and just be so great that I just don't even want to start it. And then yes, obviously that turns into stress and failing, etc, etc. I think the trick to not letting anxiety get to that point is just starting which I know sounds like a lame answer but honestly the hardest part of doing any task is starting once you start you always like I'm serious 100% of the time always realize that the task isn't as hard as you think it is I'll give you an example I procrastinated this one essay it was one of my final essays ever in school and I procrastinated it for about a week and I had three days until it was due and obviously three days is kind of a short amount of time to write like a 10 page paper but anyway I procrastinated I was super overwhelmed literally the day that I started it was the day that I finished it and I was shook at that so yeah I think starting is the hardest part you kind of have to have self-discipline and just force yourself to start You can start and only work on it for five minutes, but starting is such a big step. What techniques do you use when you're having an anxiety attack? Definitely deep breathing, grounding. If you're not sure what that is, 
honestly look it up on google they're gonna have a better explanation than me and moving my body taking a nap i think those are the biggest techniques that i use when i'm actually in a full-blown anxiety attack someone said people make fun of me for doing the gym and trying to reduce weight so i never go to the gym because i'm scared first of all fuck those people oh i'm sorry did i just blow up the mic i hope not literally fuck those people they are so unworthy of you and taking up space in your brain going to the gym is one of the best things that you can do for yourself and please if you're listening please keep going someone asked does it ever go away now this might be controversial and for some people this mindset might not help them but for me i don't really think anxiety ever goes away but i do think that it gets easier and i kind of talked about that more in the beginning of this episode but yeah i don't necessarily think that i'm gonna wake up one morning and just be completely free of anxiety but i do think that it can get easier and i will continue to find ways to make it easier for myself how to get better at presenting first of all i love this question because let me give you a little bit of a backstory in high school i literally refused to present like i refused to do it i would literally take the failure for not presenting because i was just so incredibly scared of it and then fast forward to college where i majored in communications and probably 50 percent or more of my assignments were presentations so i really feel like i i understand you presenting was so hard for me it was literally impossible for me when i was in high school and i think i got over that once i started really really internalizing that no one's paying as much attention to me as me like i talked about earlier honestly think back to all of the presentations that you've watched other people do did you notice if they stumbled over their words did you care that they made a mistake or said something stupid no you didn't because you were probably too focused on oh my god i have to present in four more people so yeah no one's really paying that much attention and honestly i think it gets a lot easier with practice majoring in communications was probably one of the best things i ever decided to do i'm not saying you have to do that but it did help me because my grade relied on presenting and it kind of forced me into it which helped me okay this one is a long one when i get anxiety and i'm aware i have anxiety i know there are things that usually help relieve it like yoga walking shower but sometimes it feels impossible to bring myself to do those things especially when i'm anxious then what and then she goes on to say let's say somehow i do end up going for a walk or doing something to help relieve my anxiety sometimes those things don't end up helping the way i thought they would and I find myself frustrated that the things that make me feel good aren't making me feel good. Then I end up more anxious because in my mind, I was trying to do something positive and it ended up doing nothing, which usually makes my anxiety worse. So basically, when you do the things that are supposed to help, if you can bring yourself to do those things in the first place and it doesn't help and it makes it worse, then what? Okay, that was a lot to unpack. So... The first situation when it feels impossible to bring yourself to do those things take a nap like honestly 
I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a nap. I mean, if you're deciding between being anxious for 30 minutes or taking a 30 minute power nap, take a fucking nap. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And then the second part, what if you do end up doing something like yoga or a walk or whatever, but it doesn't help, then what? I think then you just have to try again, honestly, which is a really annoying answer, but dealing with mental health is similar to dealing with any situation in life. It's trial and error, and if one day you try to go for a walk and it ends up making you feel way more anxious, then don't try that again. Try something else. I think the bigger piece of what this question is getting at is guilt, and there's a lot of guilt associated with anxiety, something my therapist and I talk about a lot. It's also something I brought up. I think I even said in the beginning of this episode that I felt really guilty for not going on the hike this morning and I shouldn't feel guilty. If you tried to go on a walk and it didn't work, why would you feel guilty? It just didn't work. You can try something else. I don't know if that was helpful. I really hope it was though because I definitely relate to so much of that and I really just think that you kind of have to go about it as if it's like trial and error. Try to make it a game with yourself. That sounds kind of silly, kind of juvenile, but I don't know. Distract yourself. Distraction honestly has helped me a lot. I don't know if that's healthy. I tell my therapist about it and she seems to think it's great, so (laughs) approved by her, but yeah, I... I don't think you necessarily have to do what everyone else says that you have to do, like yoga. I feel like yoga is such like, oh, you have anxiety? Have you ever tried yoga? Like, that's just such a thing. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, and that's okay, and you shouldn't feel guilty about that. Just recognize that it doesn't work for you and try something else. And with that, I am going to close out this episode. I am honestly so proud of myself for finishing recording this episode and actually uploading it. I think this was like anxiety episode part 16. So I'm just really happy that it's finally going to be out in the world. Thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you so much if you sent in a question. I tried to get to almost all of them. I am hoping to do more Q&A type episodes in the future so stay up to date on my instagram if you want to ask me anything thank you again for listening i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and i will talk to you soon xx maya